This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. The Bears are back at Hallis Hall after that long-ago Thursday night game where the Bears beat the Panthers by three points. They'll try to stack victories. They will be at Detroit on Sunday, I was out at Hallis Hall today, and of course, we all want to know if Justin Fields is indeed going to be the quarterback on Sunday at Detroit. I'll say that I would say it's probably 95% yes. However, Matt Eberflus would not give us the answer quite yet. He will wait until Wednesday to give at least a status report. Justin Fields does continue to practice. It looked like he had a little tape on the right thumb, but that can't even be confirmed at this point because we didn't talk to to uh, Justin Fields, and we talked to Floos before we watched Justin Fields practice. So I will give it a high probability rate that Justin Fields will return. Now, what Matt Eberflus was willing to discuss is what he is expecting to be better for the offense once Justin Fields does return. I would say that, you know, like I told you before, you know, the experience factor, him being in there, understanding the uh, the whole offense, which Bajent, of course, like as we have discussed, was able to chunk a bunch of information, and we're we're certainly pleased where he is. Um, but being that you know he's been through it a whole year, understands the concepts. Um, you know, really, that's, I'd probably say that is part of it, and then the ability to uh, stretch the field vertically and horizontally in the run game as well, um, and then ha- having to be able to really focus on in the passing game, the ability to run. You know, uh, you know, in a drop back pass or in a boot situation, so and it really hurts you that way. So there's a lot of things that he, he brings to the table, and uh, and again, when he's healthy, he'll be back. He'll be our starter, and uh, we'll see where it is. Has his time not playing made you appreciate him even more? Those things that you were just explaining. Yes, yeah, really uh, appreciate both guys. You know, uh, appreciate the young guy coming in for what he did, and also appreciate Justin. You know, for what he brings to the table. You know, uh, obviously he, his uh, best game of this year was the Washington game. You certainly you know point back to that game, and and uh, man, it was a heck of a game to watch. And you know, he really did a nice job of managing that game. You know, really delivering you know to our skill and letting those guys run. And uh, during the course of that game, and obviously DJ was a big highlight of that, and our ability to run the ball as well was good. That's the blueprint, right? I mean, is that the level that you are looking for the Washington game out of Justin Fields every time he goes out there? Is well, I mean, anytime a guy performs at a high level, that's where your mark is. You know, you want to always shoot for that. You know, and that's a big part of it, really, in anybody. You know, anybody's performance. I'm sure DJ, DJ would point to that game, too, and say, yeah, I wish I played like that every single game. Hmm. Yeah, but that um... – well, I just did a flusia, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. 
I do believe that that is what they're looking for, though, like because that was the part where Justin Fields was winning a game with his arm, you know, at least the Washington game. I think it's unrealistic probably to think that Justin Fields is going to continue to do that, but I do feel like that is that's what they're looking for out of him. And if they can get some semblance of that in the next seven games, that'll make their evaluation on Justin Fields' future a whole lot easier. Um, so hopefully, eventually, they can get to that place and stay in that place. But at this point, it's um, you know it's hard to say or un- probably unrealistic to think that he's going to do that over the next seven games or so. Here's another good question. So Tevin Jenkins has been playing very well at right guard since taking over for Nate Davis. He's got the, the ankle sprain. Um, not that Nate Davis was playing bad, but he has been playing extraordinary football at right guard. He and Darnell Wright have been a potent combination, especially for the running game. So when Nate Davis, who did practice on Monday, when he does come back, when he is cleared to play, which could be soon, what happens? Does does Nate Davis go back to right guard? Does Tevin Jenkins uh, switch back to left guard? What does it mean for Cody Whiter? What does it mean for Lucas Patrick? Here's Matt Eberflus on all that. Yeah, the combinations there are going to be a discussion that we have to have for sure. You know, uh, Nate's a good player, you know, and Cody's a good player and, you know, Tevin's a good player. So it's a good problem to have, um, but we'll look at it and put our best five out there. We're going to put out there for the Lions. You see Nate as flexible enough to play either side in the interior? Yeah, I see both. I see really all three, all three guys being able to flip and play. We just got to figure out the best combination, who's next to who and what gives us the best spot. Yeah, a lot of opinions on on this, but I will stick to the one that, I have been going with, and that is why mess with a good thing? I mean, in any sport, why mess with a good thing? And you have, and again, not that Nate Davis was bad, but there are moments of just straight-up dominance when you have Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright on that right side. So why you would screw with that, I don't know. I mean, the the practical answers to that question would be that Nate Davis has never played left guard in the NFL, but it sounds like from what Matt Eberfels is saying, he'd be perfectly capable of doing that. Nate Davis was paid three, uh, $33 million bucks over three years to be the right guard. That was the understanding that he had when he came in. So I don't know how much all of that factors in to the decision, but assuming that Nate Davis can do a good job or as good of a job at left guard as right guard, to me, it's it's a no-brainer. You roll with, with what's hot. Nate Davis has been out since week six with that with that ankle injury. So that's that. Um, oh, one other guy on the on the right side of the offensive line, on those two guys, Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright. I talked to Lucas Patrick about those two guys and what they have meant. You get two super talented guys who put in the work every day. You see what shows. And they're, they're moving people. They're playing well. I mean, um, there's a reason both of them were drafted where they were. I mean, they have so much talent. and They make me better. They make me strive to, to – try and do some of the things they're doing because not many people in this league can move people, lock down people the way they can. So you're, you're learning from two young guys like that. We can learn. Everyone can learn from everyone. It's, it's, that's the best part about the NFL. Um, as soon as you close your mind, you, you become complacent. Like you can never become complacent. Uh, you always got to be growing. You always got to be learning. And I don't care who it's from. It could be from Mercedes who's played, you know, more than probably this whole locker room combined. Or it could be somebody who just walked in, like Darnell. I mean, 
he played big time ball at Tennessee. It's, you know, we're all trying to learn from everyone. I love it. I don't talk to Lucas Patrick often, but when I do, he always says something interesting. And I, I love that, that attitude, you know, that not only is he trying to help those guys, but he's also learning from those guys. Um, that's enough on the offensive line for right now. Let's go back to Matt Eberflus, though, because they are playing the 7-2 Detroit Lions. The Lions coming off a 41-38 win over the Chargers. Detroit is 7-2. Their offense is a big part of it. So, Mr. Eberflus, what is it that makes the Detroit offense so good? I would say balance. You know, the ability to distribute the ball. You know, and, and if you look at their production, uh, where it comes from. Um, you know, obviously the backs are a big part of what they do. Uh, the addition of the new back that they have. I'm obviously an explosive player uh, with Montgomery. I think that's a really uh, a yin and a yang type of situation. Really good for them. Um, obviously, the, uh, the the rising of their their tight end, um, Laporta. I think he does a really good job uh, in that offense. You know, and then their receiving core. You know, you got St. Brown, who's a big part of their production as well, and uh, and those guys being able to distribute the ball to those guys equally, and uh, that's that's what makes it so hard to defend. Jim Gibbs, what, what, what have you seen on him as a rookie in terms of a guy who's really kind of seemed to hit a springboard here recently? Yeah, just the explosiveness. The same thing we saw when he was coming out. You know, we, we all went down there and visited with him, and uh, we certainly, uh, you, know, you know, really liked his tape coming out and the explosiveness that he brings, you know, in the screen game, in the run game, the, the cutback ability, the ability to circle your defense and bounce it outside. Yeah. Good stuff there from uh, the Flues on, and I mean that. I mean that. Like some good scouting on what the Lions are doing well. And you know, Jameer Gibbs, the rookie out of uh, Alabama, seven games, four hundred seventy-six yards, four TDs. Can catch the ball too. Two hundred yards receiving this year. Obviously, he's missed a couple of games due to injury. So take that into account when you look at his numbers. David Montgomery, our old buddy. Coming off a 12-carry, 160-yard rushing game against the L.A. Chargers. L.A.C., that's what I call them. That's the way I talk. Um, Amara St. Brown, eight carries. I mean, eight catches, 156 yards against the Chargers. And uh, Sam Laporta, the, the kid out of Iowa, the tight end out of Iowa, 474 yards altogether this year and four touchdowns to go along with that. When We'll hear a ton more about the Lions throughout the week, but that's just a little snapshot of some of the names and the people that we're going to be focusing on for sure. Finally, one of my favorite people in the Bears locker room, Tevin Jenkins, the Bears' right guard, um, was on the score with Parkins and Spiegel, and we have a little bit of something-something from that uh, interview, courtesy of our executive producer, Ray Diaz. What you got, Ray? Can we talk to you about your relationship with Mark Grody, our Bears, our Bears beat reporter? Uh, Mark, all great things. He told me, he told me earlier, I'll say all great things. He said, he told, said to say great things. All right, because well, we wanted to ask you in particular, because he's had you guys have had a few uh, interesting interactions. Like he asked you about the baked potato at at Wendy's. That that seemed like a ridiculous question to us. How did you feel oh. like when he asked you about the baked potato? Oh, I never even heard of that. I didn't even know it was a possibility. I didn't even know it was a thing. Right. It's just it's it was, it was a bizarre follow up question. It's a awesome. baconator, yeah, large yeah. strawberry lemonade, large fry. You get a ten piece spicy nugget, and I'm fulfilling it maybe a frosty baked potato, baked potato. <laughs> like, what a ridiculous thing to ask. <laughs> yeah, I, I never I never heard of anybody getting a baked potato at Wendy's before. You know, I, I know shout out to Mark with all that. You know, he he put me on a baked potato at Wendy's, but you know, I 
I don't think I'm gonna get it anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, because you're not you're not eating Wendy's these yeah, you're days. Eating healthy, right? Exactly. Oh, hey, I'll try my best. <laughs> Good for you. Don't hey, we all have a cheat day once in a while? Yeah, don't we all, Tevin? What, I, what, I feel what, you. What's your What's your cheat day these days? What, what does that look like? Oh, uh, you just heard it. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. that's still the cheat day. <laughs> okay, my bad. My bad. Thought maybe you know better restaurants in Chicago had upgraded, but all right then. Wanted to play because this was an old one with with you and Grody, and we still make fun of him to this day with how with how he ended this interview. Well, give your uh, fiance a big hug and uh, take good care of her. And uh, I really appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much, man. Let's do it again soon, okay? Yes, sir. I really appreciate you. Did Mark Grody need to remind you to give your fiance a hug, or did you hug her for Mark Grody? That's what we've been trying to figure out ever hey, since. Hey, then. hey. Hey, come on now. Yeah, he's trying to help me out. You know, he's trying to help me in that part. I'm giving Mark. I'm giving Mark all the doubt right there. Hey, I understand. I believe him. And I love that he reminded me. You know, hey, everybody needs that reminder. That's, that's good. Yeah, you got to sure. ex- express love, right? <laughs> Affection. <laughs> that's good. And now she's your wife, so it worked. Maybe Mark Grody's advice helped. Oh, in yeah, that good way. point. Hey, guys, guys, I'm telling you, I'll be on the hey? <laughs> Mark Grody has wisdom. Love advice. <laughs> that's hilarious oh yeah thank you tevin i did save his relationship and uh, i'm a little bit stunned that he doesn't want to get a bake hey throw throw a baked potato in that bag too give me a uh bacon double cheeseburger a biggie fries a frosty and fire a baked potato in that bag too <laughs> oh man that was that was great. I figured that something like that was probably going to happen when I saw that he was going to be on the score at 320. That was absolutely delightful. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. For Ray Diaz, our outstanding executive producer, I'm Mark Grody for The Daily Score.